mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. So this is episode five of Math Before Breakfast. There was a mistake. We posted the wrong one last week. So if you are a loyal listener and listened last week, you did not learn all about multiplication. But go back and listen to episode four and learn everything multiplication. Otherwise, continue to listen to episode five, all the things that we have changed in our classroom. This morning, we are going to talk about warm-ups and spiral review and how we have made some changes in our practice in those two areas. So um, Ruth and I have been studying, working on our math specialist degrees, and in the process, realized a lot of things that we think we can do better. And one of those areas is how we tackle either warm-ups, like what you start the class with, or spiral review, which means how you recycle back old things that you've already learned. And so both of us felt like what we were doing wasn't awesome, and we are in the process of figuring out something that we like better. So Ruth, I'm going to let you go first. Why don't you talk about what what did you used to do for those two areas? They might be the same or they might be different, and what are you doing now? So mountain math is what I used for many years because math builds and so it was typically a spiral review um I'm a little bit of a cheesy creative teacher and so one year I did mountain math rocks and we used the letter in rocks so r would be some verb that the student like it would be round Mm -hmm. and o would be order and C would be compute. Okay. And I spent a long time trying to find math verbs so that I could fit other problems <laughs> up there. And the students would come in, solve the five problems, and our discussion would be, what did you get for this answer? Well, you should have gotten this, or mm-hmm. you could have done it like this. And there were times when we maybe had a little bit of a number talk, like how did you get that, or how did you solve that? Right. Um, but I don't even know what the right word was. The discussion was just kind of closed. Like, this was the activity. There is a right answer. Tell me the right answer. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the lesson. Yeah. And it was a warm-up. And let's just be honest. We're teachers. And the purpose sometimes of a warm-up is to keep you busy while I do attendance. Yeah. And answer an email from someone's parent or talk to an administrator. Just stuff at the beginning of class. I have six classes. And every time the bell rings, I have to redo all of that secretarial stuff. Yeah. Administrative stuff. So sometimes I didn't even go over it. I just was like, okay, put it away. Mm -hmm. You worked on it. And students knew that. And so there wasn't a whole lot of engagement. And so this year, I completely nixed the Mountain Math Board, which students from the past have noticed when they came into my room Hmm. that it's gone. Yeah. How do you do warm up? So it was not their favorite thing, but it was what Mrs. E does. Yeah. Mountain Math. So... This year, I used a set of resources that I found on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Mitt Boss, and there are so many. I'm sitting here looking at my list and thinking, oh, yeah, I should mention this one, and I should mention mm-hmm. this one. But Mondays, because it started with an M, we <laughs> you, did. You, you love a good alliteration, Ruth. <laughs> yes, I do. So we did Open Middle Monday. Open Middle is a website where... There are just boxes, and it says use the digits one to nine to make 
a multiplication problem that is between five and six. And there's a productive struggle. Some students get it first thing um, because they have really good number sense. But there's always a, if you do that, you can do this. Yeah. You know, so I always have somewhere else to go. So uh, I is, would, and would you say that that's that built in extension is usually part of the problem that you pick from the website or is it something that you pick that you're that you come up with? Uh, it's a little of both. Okay. I mean, some of the websites that I'm going to mention have an extended feature. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them don't. But with like open middle, you can just decrease the size of the range where you have to get your right. answer. Um, or or a lot of the ones that I've used this too as a as a warm up and um a lot of them are like get the highest blah 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 or the lowest something some difference whatever and the, you know it's a lot of work to know that you for sure found the highest or the lowest so that keeps them going um the other one I do on Mondays is solve me mobiles which is something that they can do on the iPads not necessarily paper pencil Um, But it's a great introduction to algebra and Mm -hmm. balancing the equation. I did notice on Twitter that someone asked me or someone asked, um, I don't know how to turn these into equations. Ooh, cool. These solve me mobiles. Yeah. You know, what can I do with that? And I didn't really follow the thread because that's not where I'm going as a sixth grade teacher. Yeah. But to make sure they're balanced and to subtract the same from both sides, those kinds of things without telling them they're doing to keep those mobiles balanced. Yeah. So let's pause right now because this is, we, we had someone ask about Desmos. I don't know if I told you that, but somebody listened to our, our, one of our first episodes where we talked about Desmos and she was like, is it free? Do you have to have a login? You know, all the things that teachers always want to ask. So open middle is completely free. Um, you don't even have to have a sign in and then solve me mobiles. I've used that too recently and the kids can make a free sign in and um, do your kids sign in every time? My kids don't because I have a class set of iPads okay. and we do it so infrequently that okay. they just kind of know where they pick up and some of them without signing in just go all the way to the end to the really hard ones cool. and don't have to work their way up yeah. to them. Okay. So they like it and challenge themselves yeah. with well, it. Well, mine, mine are signing in and we're doing it on the Chromebooks and it's the sign up process was crazy easy. You know, it just, it was really easy. They got to pick their password and all that. So it was, it's worth it for my people to sign in. So both like everything we're going to say today is free and easy, very easy to access. Absolutely. So on Tuesdays we do estimation 180. Andrew Stadel, Stadel, I think that's how you say yeah, his I don't name. Yeah, I know. I read all I these people on Twitter. Right? You're like, how know. do you say your name? Well, that's how it'll be today. But he has done an amazing job of putting all of these pictures in one place where you can just project them. I mean, it's as easy as just typing in estimation 180 and then picking something. Mm-hmm. And the students have to estimate. I, the first one is estimate his height. Okay. And you have to tell... I know he's definitely taller than this, and I know he's definitely shorter than this. So that's my range, and this is my estimate. And then you have to explain your estimate. And a lot of that goes back to prior knowledge. And so kids are able to say, well, he kind of looks like a dad, and my dad is six foot, and Mm -hmm. so I'm going to say he's this big. Mm -hmm. Or kids will say, well, it looks like he's half past that tree, and that's a really tall tree, so I'm going to say he's six foot 
four, whatever. It's just really good math thinking. And then the next day, because you know how big Mr. Stadol is, how big is his son? Yeah. Um, And I personally did the one where they were estimating miles across the United States. Yeah, I've used that one too. And it was just awesome to listen to how they calculated it. Like, Mm -hmm. one of my students estimated it and his reason said well i know it takes us five hours to drive there and that's probably 60 miles per hour so i multiplied that by five hours and that's how many miles we went cool and that's about half the distance to this place so i just doubled it and he was like right on so all the different ways to think about math on tuesday with estimation 180 so okay i'm gonna ask you questions each time because i'm curious um uh do you do they have to write all that thinking that you're just saying? Is that part of what's what so, they're doing? On estimation Tuesdays, you have to write your low, your high, your estimate. And I just recently started this. You have to plot those on a little number line. Mm-hmm. So if this is your low and this is your high, you have to calculate the median and you mm-hmm. have to put that in the middle. And then you have to put your estimate to the left or the right cool. of the median. Yeah. Um, and then you have to write why. And for me, that's the easiest one to take for a grade because there's not a right answer. But I am grading your math thinking. And mm-hmm. is your math thinking visible to me Yeah, on this? It's more about is it visible and not about is it absolutely correct. Right. Um, one of the things that we've talked about all through the summer as you were planning this, it's kind of cool to hear it like play out now. But as you were planning it through the summer, you were worried that – it, some of them weren't going to take as long, and then you it causes that problem of like all the beginning of your class things to get done. Do it, does that take long enough? It that that one takes long enough. Um, and maybe I'm so excited now to get to the discussion part <laughs> of these warm ups. Yeah, that it's okay that they're finishing early. Okay, where before because I had five problems that some students weren't ever going to be able to answer independently and I would walk around until they were successful then I had more of those high achievers who were done acting out where now you got to have something and we're going to get right into the discussion and I don't have to give independent help to the students who don't have it all written down Mm -hmm. they're just going to glean from someone else's math knowledge okay so it really, I think we just spend less less time in that doing beginning. our warm up yeah. because we're going to talk about it, okay. and that's cool. Okay, I like that. All right, what's Wednesday? Okay, so Wednesday is which one doesn't belong, which is also a free website. It's simply four items, and sometimes they're shapes. My favorite part of which one doesn't belong is that I can put up something that's related to what we're doing, mm-hmm. or I can just put up something very algebraic or calculus, Mm -hmm. but they don't have any idea Hmm. what they're looking at. So I've used, there's one that shows different slopes, and some of the slopes are positive and some of them are negative. Okay. And they're not on a Cartesian grid. You can't even see them. They're just, it's just a T and and a line, and some of them are colored, so like an inequality maybe. Right. And students are noticing that. They're noticing that... This one doesn't fit because it goes this way. And I'm able to just give them 
a little bit of like, guess what you just did? Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's related to my lesson and sometimes it's just, let me put this out there and cause you to think about something you haven't ever thought before. Yeah. And maybe when you see it in your classes in the future, it won't be so scary. Yeah. That's like, cool. I've done this. Yeah. And when they, when they, those skills of noticing and wondering, and I think you're probably going to talk about this later, but those two words, notice and wonder, like if they can notice and wonder in a safe place in math class, then they might do it, you know, other times when they approach other sure. things that they haven't seen before. Okay, cool. So on Thursdays, we do notice and wonder, and sometimes we do visual patterns. Um, the visual patterns are just growing patterns. And, and this is this is from a website, too. Right? Yes, and it's called visualpatterns.com. I think it's org. Yeah. But all of these links will be um, on our webpage. So they're just pictures. And it just says, this is what it is. What's the next term? Mm -hmm. And then what's the 41st yeah, term? 43rd or 42nd, some, somewhere in there. Right. 43rd, I think it is. Yeah. And the answers are there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me, if there was a... I've already said that I'm not... I wasn't a big math student yeah. when I was in school and yeah. patterns were they caused me the most grief really huh. yes because I couldn't see it and even now as a teacher um the first week that I did this I figured out the answer before I knew the answers were there and I had pretty much drawn all 43 terms oh, gosh. without necessarily knowing how to do the algebra to figure it out yeah. and then we're in class and in fourth period, Laura raises her hand and she said, well, the 43rd term would have to have 44 on the top row because every top row is one more than the term. And then it would just go 43, 42. 40. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was just revelation. Yeah. I had never seen it. And she was looking at the top row. And I had looked at it in columns, oh. and I was counting columns. And, I mean, I saw there was a pattern. Yeah. But it was amazing that she had seen it completely differently. That's and cool. so visual patterns are f so much fun when you actually ask the student what they see and how do they yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah. That's that. We did a lot of this in my summer class this, this past summer. Um, and I liked how the person would ask, how do you see it growing? Because if you can articulate how you see it growing, then that might help you know what's being added or something and, and help you start to work towards that algebraic. Actually, I also think that um, we did something on U-Cubed that, that also asked that question, too. How do, you, like, how do you see it growing? And then that could lead you we, into the writing the algebraic expression. Which I think is this is a good time to say that both of us used U-Cubed at the beginning yeah. of our school year, too to promote this noticing and wondering yeah. and there aren't wrong answers, but everybody sees math differently. And there's so much merit for that. Mm -hmm. It's called the, the week, week of inspirational math and from Joe Bowler. And she actually just put out a new set of resources. There's a new one out there. And I don't know if you're doing this, but I have two academic coaches, college students who have to come and teach my class. And usually I'm like, okay, I'm teaching decimal division. You can teach this part. But this year I just was like, 
pick one of these lessons from Week of Inspirational Math. Teach anything you want, mm-hmm. but just be like an exciting day because the students really liked it. And it doesn't necessarily fit in my curriculum, and yeah. so I didn't do all three weeks. So I'm excited for her to That's good. come tomorrow and teach one of those lessons. I, I will say that um, I just it's it's cool that you're going through all these because I've used a lot of them too, just not really as a warm-up. I, I recently threw out, uh, going back to your Thursday one, I recently threw out two different visual patterns um, just to wonder what they would do with it as like we had five minutes left after one of my college students I have five college students too right now and in a practicum and after one of them finished but we could we didn't have enough time to do something big and they like they dug in right away it's one of those things that everybody can tackle in some way whether it's like how you were saying draw out all 42 <laughs> steps or um you know, go straight to how they see it growing. I was I was really impressed, and I'm I'm planning to use it more now that I've watched. And when their teacher is impressed, that feeling is magnified within the student. Yeah, like they're impressed with themselves. They're not saying it, but we're changing their mindset. Like, yeah. I had I was successful in math today. This isn't as bad as I thought it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so are we ready to talk about Friday? Okay, so Friday I use the website Math for Love, and it's called Fraction Friday. There's my alliteration. Yeah. Um, Dan Finkel, his name starts with an F. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) OMG. He has rectangles. Those rectangles are subdivided into triangles, and they're all different colors. And so you say, I say to the students, find the fraction of red, the fraction of blue, and the fraction of green. Okay. Explain how you know you're right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then find half of each of those. Tracy, we have not multiplied fractions. Mm -hmm. We have multiplied decimals, but I have not had a student who has converted them both to decimals to multiply them. Yeah. They really are just sketching all of these pictures, trying to figure out what half of an eighth is or -hmm. what half of seven eighths is. And some of them are getting it and some of them are just thinking it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite kind of answers are when they put a fraction as your numerator. Oh, I like those too. Three and a half fourths. Yeah. I don't really know what to do with that, Missy, but this is what my answer is. Oh, I love it. And so, you know, maybe I show them what to do with it or maybe I say, well, maybe you should simplify it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should make it a little more simple, which to them has to mean you have to divide it by something. Hmm. Yeah, because that's how they've always simplified things. Right. But in reality, we are just multiplying by a form of one. Yeah. Or dividing by a form of one to get a fraction that's easier to say and look at and understand. So this is the one that, from my memory, as you were describing them at the beginning of the year, was probably the hardest for them to get started, right? It was. um, Because the pieces aren't equal. Yeah. So you can't just count the triangles and say that there's two red and there's eight triangles because they're not the same. And so they're having to take them apart and put them together and figure out how many pieces there mm-hmm. are. And they are noticing and wondering that those rectangles are cut into all kinds of triangles. And it's going to be beautiful when I move into area of a triangle. Yeah. Because... We've seen them just cut in half, oh, and when you can yeah. put them together and you can count the rectangles, you can count those equal That's parts. That's a good idea. So you feel like it's it, the struggle at the beginning was worth it to uh, already where you are, like I, yes, twelve um, weeks in or so. 
I mean, I'm not going to pretend like every day is like, oh, this is so amazing because there's so many struggles. And sometimes you really do need to, well, I did it this week. Like, I need you to do this computation. Yeah. There's a place for spiral review. Yeah. We just did multiplying decimals, and I need to see who has a better understanding of it now. Yeah. Um, so those problems are there. And something I do a lot for an introduction, like I did it yesterday, is what do you notice? What do you wonder? So I'm moving into decimal division, and I just put nine division problems without any work on the board but the answers were there with the answers okay. and so it was like 412 divided by 2 mm-hmm. and then it was 4 and 12 hundredths divided by 2 and 412 thousandths divided by 2 okay and cool. they were able to see how the dividend changed yeah and how the quotient changed yeah so then after we noticed and wondered and they did a really good job I just give them, I visit or randomly pull their popsicle stick out of my little mm-hmm. tennis ball can and call their name and they have to walk up to the board and they have to write something in the notice or in the wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of my favorite were, I wonder why the eight is hanging off the edge of the division problem <laughs> because it was eight tenths and it was um, what you and I know as a remainder written as a decimal, but to them... Yeah. There wasn't anything under it, and they didn't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, someone noticed that none of them had remainders. How can you have all these division problems oh. without remainders? Cool. Um, there was like 32 thousandths divided by four. They noticed that was a basic fact, but why were all those zeros there? Right. Um, they did a good job getting the point that the decimal is right on top of each other. And if I have 412 hundredths, then my answer is going to be hundredths. Mm-hmm. Um, and how cool that they were coming up with it, maybe, that rule, instead of you just, let's take notes on, you always bring the decimal up into your answer. Right. You know? So after we noticed and wondered, I gave my, um, I had broken them into groups because the day before I'd called them up one at a time and looked at their warm up for division to see one, what kind of strategies they were using for a long division, and two, who could do it and who couldn't. Yeah. Um, and so I had put them into separate groups, and my the ones who understood division got this division task where digits were missing in the division problems replaced with symbols, exclamation points, and asterisks, and okay. they had to work together in a team to figure out what the finished division problem was. And yeah. There was so much productive struggle and the relationship between multiplying the quotient times the divisor to get something inside the dividend was really cool. Um, There were even times where they knew that they were going to be able to like, this is a subtraction problem. And so if I add this answer to the one above it, I can figure out what that missing digit was. So they were working on that. And then I pulled my long division students to the floor with iPads And there's an app that's called Long Division, and it is just the traditional algorithm, and you can't go to the next step until you put the right number in the box. (laughs) Okay. So we're just practicing the Long Division algorithm. But then when you get one right, I took the dividend and rewrote it with a decimal in it. Okay. And you had to tell me what your answer was. So you already knew the answer, but now you're seeing that, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to move that decimal straight up. And it really does help. 
that this app lined up my place values yeah. in the quotient as well. So they got a little bit of success even with multiplying by decimals. Cool. Um, and then today we are cutting the cheese, <laughs> <laughs> which is just a slice of cheese that everybody has. It's one slice, and we're going to share it in thirds, but we work in a factory where you can only cut in tenths. Okay. So they're going to see that we're going to take that little tiny piece of cheese and we're going to continue to cut it into tenths oh, until yeah. we have three tenths and three hundredths. So you're going to use that to talk about why you have repeating decimals. Yes. Yeah. I've used that same lesson before, but just to introduce what decimals are, like to take this and cut it into tenths and then cut it into hundredths. I probably will be doing that again this year. Okay. So are we ready? Did you have anything else you wanted to say about warm up or spiral view or should I... So I think you should talk about your five square that you did okay. have done. Okay. So uh, um, I don't know if this is something that lots of people do, but probably eight years ago or more, there was a teacher that was new to our school and she came in talking about something called five block and we just kind of took it and ran with it. And all it was, was just five problems a day put on a sheet going down in five blocks and they um and we were really that they were just five spiral review kinds of problems and we were really particular about what we chose you know and it would change every single week and we I think we made did a really good job of picking things that sort of spread out the practice you know and and paying attention to what they were getting and not getting and keeping things that they weren't getting and removing things that they were getting. You know, every day we would have, like if we were at the beginning of the year, a place value one and then subtraction one and, you know, the same kinds of problems that they're going to see on their end of year test or, or their benchmark test or whatever. And so they would just do five problems a day and then we would, I feel like most of the time we would check them like you said in class and a good thing that we were doing was eventually working to where the kids were explaining how they were doing it. Instead of me standing up front, just like, this is the answer. This is how I got it. We would have kids go do it. And I know there's a teacher in our building that still does that and she still uses it. And I think she finds great value in the part of the kids being the teachers at that point, which I think is, is good. Yeah. That's a good practice. Um, and, and particularly because she's, um, she's, specific in what she picks to go on the five block it's not there she's going on to teacher pay teachers and getting the fourth grade random fourth grade review that doesn't match where they are in their pacing right you know so you actually said something about they did a five block i think and came up to your desk and you right kind of yeah so this so that's what i used to do you know eight years ago okay and then now <laughs> i I, I have to admit, I'd kind of moved into doing nothing. Like I would have fun things in the morning to do, because, like as in build with these pattern blocks or play this game, you know, um, and kind of move to, war to games as warm up or nothing, mainly out of this problem that I have of breakfast and some kid and arrival times. Some kids come in at 820 and some kids come in at 850. And if I, I just had this like stuck feeling in my head that if I gave a warm up of any kind that the kids that came in at 850 and still have to eat breakfast are never going to get it done. And I just couldn't figure out how to be OK with that. So for so long, we were either just doing play a game, build something or do nothing. Um, but then I had like a remediation for, you know, kids that I saw could use a little extra help. I had a remediation and I realized, 
oh, we we need to be doing some spiral review because they had lost the things from the you know beginning. Mm, right. And so, um, I my new idea that I'm sort of trying, and I'm probably I'm in like week two of this right now, is I'm just doing two problems. It looks a lot like the five block that I used to do, but it's just two mainly because that whole thing that you talked about, like. Some kids are done in one minute. Some kids take 10 minutes. Two problems is going to decrease that difference in time, you know. Um, And what is going well about that is that they do their two problems and then they bring it to me. And I then you you still have to have something after that. So that's been maybe a pro like a, a ongoing assignment we're working on or a game or a fun thing. We've used solve me mobiles for when you're done. But um, bring it to me and I check it but I check it in a way that they can't tell so I'm just putting two tiny little symbols up in the top corner that's not a check and an x it's just a dot if you get it right and a line if you get it wrong and I know what those mean and then once I get two where they don't both have it right then I pass it back to those two kids and say go talk about it I don't tell them who's wrong I just say here you don't agree go talk about it. And that is the valuable part of what's had going on here because um, they have to go and like, what did you get? Okay. What did you get? Well, I didn't get that. Show me how you got it. And I love the conversation that's going on as they're trying to convince each other that they're right, or maybe help the other person find their mistake. Right. And not, and going into that conversation, not knowing who's right and who's wrong is really valuable because you can defend your answer because of your math skills and have someone say well everything's right except for this yeah yeah you know and and they they have been very persistent in the for the most part in the correcting part of it and then uh i just i just love that conversation i i will not i'm gonna keep that part even if i change something else about it i love the go back and discuss and figure out who's right here and then they come back up to my table and the kid who I could see like got them both right. I'll just be like, thanks. And 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 because I have the two little marks, I don't have to look at it again. I can just like, see, I go back. You can get started. And the kid who missed something, I'll be like, what was your mistake? Tell me what you did. And over and over and over, they're practicing that telling what their mistake was. And, uh, you know oh, I just added wrong, or, oh, I didn't understand you wanted one and not four, whatever the thing is. Right. You know, they're articulating what they did wrong. And so many times they're like, oh, I knew that. You know, they, they. I think we did a lot with prime numbers recently and like 91 and 97 are ones that catch them up. And I think just talking about your mistake right. might help you not make that same mistake next time. Um, so that's where I am right now. I... I don't love it because I still have that problem of the kid who comes in at 840 and is slow to get unpacked anyway and then slow to get started on the math. And it's cutting into our instruction time more than I would like it to. But then I have to remind myself that this is instruction time, too, you know? Right. So, I don't know. Any suggestions about that? Hmm. Just keep going. (laughs) I'm going to just say just keep going. And our our situations are so different. Like yeah. for me, I just have, you come into class, the bell rings, this is your warm up, right. And it, we just repeat it over and over yeah. five times. And yeah. you are really dealing with so much in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then you have another class right. that comes to you and 
are they more organized because they're all coming at the same so time? They and so they all come at the same it? time. Um, and so it works a little easier. I bet that the whole process is a little faster because they all come at the same time and I can check them quicker. Um, that class has other unique challenges <laughs> <laughs> um, that make it hard. But but it's probably going a little bit smoother in that class where they all arrive at the same time. Yeah. Um, that class also has all my student teachers, and so my schedule has been thrown off the last week trying oh, to teach all them. So right. I have all kinds of excuses. <laughs> so I think, I don't know, sometimes you just have to say, listen, we are trying new things, and it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes, Tracy, I feel like I am a first-year teacher Yeah, because I'm not just going back to my file cabinet and right. pulling out what I did last year. Yeah. It's like everything is different. Well, I'm getting ready to get into dividing decimals. So I don't need my cute little PowerPoint that says, first you do this and then you do this. Yeah. So I'm all over the internet looking for decimal tasks mm -hmm. that will give this meaning. Yeah. I had that feeling yesterday. I had a, I have a student who's going to be gone for a long time. And I opened my drawer and went to the order of operations file, like, oh, I'm sure I can find something in here. And then everything was using the PEMDAS, what was that called, mnemonic device. And I had just taught them GEMS, you know, which right. is like a shortened version, grouping, exponents, multiplication and division, subtraction and addition. And I'm like, oh, she's going to be so confused. <laughs> like, I got, I'm redoing everything here. You're right. It's like a first, like a first year teacher. Um, but it's worth it, you know, and it's worth it for us to go through that feeling of making changes, because if we're going to eventually help teachers make those changes, we have to know what it feels like to work against something you've always done, you know? Right. And we have to be able to say it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's... I'm still hoping for that. Sometimes, <laughs> like It is worth it. Yes. <laughs> it is worth it. But am I going to see... I mean, it's all about test results for most teachers. Mm -hmm. And so I really want them to be able to say, look at this change that we had because they so much better understand yeah. where they're going. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is that so many of the things that they're learning are not necessarily, you know, going to show up on a, on a standardized test. You know, if you can see that a kid can do choose a flexible strategy for subtraction that's better than the regrouping strategy the counting up because the numbers are close together like how's a test ever going to assess that you know that's that's the part that's that's frustrating yes i'm hoping their scores are going to be great but i know that they've they're learning so many other things that aren't testable right. by they're by, becoming mathematicians yeah yeah all right do we have we already have we already said our takeaway we usually end with takeaways do we have a takeaway or wait. So maybe we just did our takeaway. Yeah. Maybe it's just that we needed a pat on the back that change is hard. Yeah. And it feels like a first year teacher, but yeah, it's worth it. And and I think there's value in talking through it. There's value in sharing your plan with somebody else and see that yeah, I think this is good. You know, but but also continuing to check in. Like, don't just do. Neither one of us should just go with this plan all year long because it's what we made. You know, we have to like right. stop and think, is this working? Is it, could I do it better in some way? That's my takeaway that I'm trying it right now because it's and it's new and there's growing pains. But in another week or so, I need to like really figure out what's the value here and do I need to shift it again? 
And that's the benefit of our PLC. Yeah. Because you have someone to <laughs> yeah. bounce ideas off of. So yeah. if you are out there listening and you don't have a PLC and you want to be part of ours, you can leave us a comment and yep. we'll encourage you along the way. Yep. All right. See you tomorrow on the run. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye.